All right. Uh, welcome, brothers and sisters, to another episode of BQA. We do hope that you will benefit from the study of the words of Abba uh, this evening. So we are in episode 24, and we have a list of questions. We have three questions we're going to be uh, answering, which are pretty much interrelated. It comes from one source. And so let's go ahead and take a look at the question that was given. Good day, Brother John. First of all, we thank Abba for all of our BQA, BHP. Our thirst for the true words of God are quenched. We are always excited, and we look forward to hearing the words and wisdom of God every week. We'd like to let you know that because of our studies, our faith is revived. Our souls are nourished. Glad to hear that. We need to always strengthen our faith. And of course, the words of God is what we need to do that, to nourish our souls and our faith. Now, many are listening to our studies, but some don't know how to send their questions, or some are not techie. So some asked me to send you these questions. Number one, will we see Abba Yahuwah on Judgment Day? We will see his, will we see his face? Number two, will our relatives who died recognize us, for example, mother and daughter? Uh, number three, do we still have memories of our past lives? Questions uh, sent by elder brethren from the islands of the sea. Thank you. And Abba Yahuwah bless you, brother. So that's the question we're go the questions we're going to be addressing uh, this evening in this episode of the BQA. Let's go to question number one. Will we see Abba Yahuwah on judgment day? Will we see his face? The answer is yes. Let's go to question number two. Will our relatives who died recognize us like mother and daughter? The answer is yes. Let's go to the last question, number three. Do we still have memories of our past lives? And the answer is yes. Well, thank you, brothers and sisters, for attending our BQA for this evening. Uh, we do hope that you've... Just kidding. <laughs> Those are very quick answers, but I know you're asking, prove it, Brother John. We got to get it from the Holy Bible. So let's go back to question number one. Will we see Abba Yahuwah on Judgment Day? Will we see his face? The answer is Yes. Why? Because it's biblical. Revelation 22, 3 to 5, no longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. There will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. And so what we read there is a description of what is going to transpire when the holy city descends from heaven and we, the people of God, get to dwell there. In heaven shall we see the face of Abba. The answer is yes, because in verse 4 it says, and they will see his face. And take note, the Bible also says his name will be written on their foreheads on numerous occasions in the holy scriptures the name of god is associated with his face and there's a reason for that and that reason is even expressed in heaven when we will be there to be with abba and the lamb of god who is yahusha hamashiach and so yes we will see the face of yahuwah god on the day when we will dwell in heaven. But what does that mean? Because after all, we know that Yahuwah God is spirit in his state of being or nature. And so because he's spirit and state of being or nature, 
Can we actually physically and literally see God? In Timothy 1 verse 17, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. What does it mean that we're going to see the face of God? It does not mean we're going to see a physical or literal face because Yahuwah God in his state of being is what? Spirit. Because he's spirit, he is invisible. He does not have a physical form. And so when it says that we will see his face, his face will represent or stand for something else. Throughout the Holy Bible, there are instances when we find the term the face of God. In what instances what is it, was it used? What does it refer to? For example, the book of Exodus 33, 21 to 23. Then Yahuwah said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Want to pause there for a while? Here Yahuwah is having a conversation with someone. Very noteworthy in the Old Testament. What's his name? Moses. And so we know Yahuwah spoke to Moses mano a mano, right? Face to face. And so Yahuwah God is saying, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. And so what does it mean that we will see the face of God? Here we have Yahuwah with Moses and Yahuwah will disclose his glory to Moses. However, the full glory of Moses could not be disclosed. It could not be expressed during this time. What was shown by Yahuwah God uh, to Moses? His glory as represented by seeing his back. But Yahuwah God says, your face, can my, his face cannot be seen. And so when we look at the Holy Bible and its depiction of Yahuwah God as something of a physical form, it represents his glory, different manifestations, different expressions of his glory. Yahuwah said to Moses, you can see my back, a limited form of his glory, but you cannot see my face, the full expression of his glory. Why did uh, Yahuwah God say that? Why did he say you cannot see my face? Let's read uh, Exodus 33, 18 and 20. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And so when Yahuwah God shows himself to Moses, what he is showing is not his physical nature, but his glory being manifested in ways that can be sensed by human senses. In this case, the eyes of Moses. And Yahuwah said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, Yahuwah, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. And so when Yahuwah God agreed to show his glory to Moses, it was in a limited capacity. What does his 
face represent the glory of the Father. However, during that time, when Moses was here on earth, Yahuwah could not express his full glory, his face, because Moses would not be able to live. It was too powerful for him. He'd get knocked out in a second because the glory of the Father is too overwhelming because Moses was in his, was having had an earthly body. He did not have an immortal body. He had an earthly body. He would not be able to withstand the full glory of Yahuwah Abba. And so he gave Moses a taste of that by showing him his back. But before he could do that, the Bible says he proclaimed his name because his name is associated with his loving kindness, his mercy and compassion. And so when Yahuwah God presented his glory, he expressed also his compassion and mercy. And so when we think about the face of God, it represents, number one, the glory of God. What else? In what other sense does the face of Abba represent? Because these are metaphors, figures of speech, and is not meant to be understood physically or literally, because God does not have a physical being. And so let's go ahead and look at other ways in which the face of God is used. Let's, let's read the book of Isaiah 59.2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. The Bible says, because of sin, Yahuwah hides his face so that he will not hear when we pray to him. And so David, what did he say about the face of God? Psalm 27, 7 to 9, hear, O Yahuwah, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Yahuwah, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You may have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. The Bible says that Yahuwah hides his face because of iniquity, because of sin. At the same time, what is the invitation of Yahuwah God for those who are truly repentant? Yahuwah God says to David, who cried to him, he said to him, seek my face. What does that mean? To seek the face of Yahuwah God. Let's read Psalm 22, 24. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. And so when Yahuwah God says to us to seek his face, it is to seek him for his blessing or for the forgiveness of our sins. To seek him so that our prayers will be answered by Yahuwah our God. So number one, the face of God represents his glory. Number two, the face of God represents his answering our prayers. What else does the face of God represent? Psalm 31, 16, may your face shine upon your servant. Save me from your mercy's sake. What also is represented by the face of Yahuwah God? It represents also his deliverance or his 
salvation. So number one, it represents his glory. Number two, it represents answered prayer or fellowship with us. And number three, it represents his salvation and deliverance. This is why when Yahuwah God was giving Moses instructions concerning blessing, what did he say? Number six, 22 to 27. And Yahuwah spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his son saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, Yahuwah bless you and keep you. Yahuwah make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. What also does the face of God represent? We can see from this blessing uh, that Yahuwah uh, gives to his people through his name. We see that the face of Yahuwah God represents the graciousness of God upon his people. It is representative of the favor or the blessing of God that he gives to those who follow him. So we can see that the face of God does not represent his physical face. It represents his glory. It represents his fellowship through answered prayer. It represents his deliverance and his salvation. And it represents the favor or the blessing that God gives to his people. So when we go back to Revelation 22, when we are in heaven, what should we notice there? Revelation again, 22, 3 to 5, no longer will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of God and the lamb will be there and his servants will worship him and they will see his face. During the days when Moses was still here, he could not see the face of God. He could not see the full glory of God. That's because he had an earthly body. By the time we get to heaven, what's going to happen to our bodies? It's going to be changed, right? Because nothing mortal can go to the place of heaven. We need to be changed and transformed to have an immortal body. And so we will be able to witness the face of Yahuwah God and remain alive. And his name will be written on their foreheads. And what is his glory that repre represented by the face of God? There will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. And so the full glory of God, we will be able to witness and this glory of God will be so intense, so powerful, there will be no need for a sun. There's no more night there. That was the intense glory that Moses could not withstand because it would obliterate him. But those who have new bodies, they will see the face of God. They will see the full glory of God. And it would be an awesome experience. And so, yes, we will see the face of God. But the face of God represents the glory of Yahuwah Abba. Let's go to question number two. Will our relatives who died recognize us? For example, when we see our mother or our daughter, will we be able to recognize them? Yes. What's the proof? Let's begin here in the book of Luke 16, 22 to 23. This is a parable of Yahushua. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried and his soul went to the place of the dead. 
there in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. So what we have here is a parable of Theahusia about Lazarus, who was a poor man, and also, uh, also a, a, a rich man, right? A rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. Now, in this parable of Yahusha, what happened to them both? Eventually, both would die. And so Yahusha, through this parable, is teaching us about the afterlife, about what to expect after death. It's also a description of what we can expect in heaven. What can we understand? What can we know from this parable that Yahusha taught about what to expect after our life here on earth? Let's read 24 to 26. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in, I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted. And Lazarus had nothing. So now he is here being comforted and you are in anguish. And besides, there's a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there. So, so there are two things that we can learn about heaven when we get there through this parable of Yahusha. Number one, will we be able to recognize people there? Yeah, because... The, the Lazarus recognized Abraham, and Abraham recognized Lazarus, and even Abraham recognized the rich man, and they knew, or Abraham knew about their life. So Abraham, for some reason, knew them, right? Not only that, but Lazarus knew Abraham, and the rich man recognized Abraham. That's why he called to him father. Abraham. And so people will know each other in the kingdom of heaven. And once in heaven, what also can we learn about heaven and what we call hell? Bible says if you are in heaven, well, you cannot go to the other side, meaning quote unquote hell, right? And if you're in hell, you cannot cross the, chas the chasm to get to heaven. And so there's this separation that cannot be Crossed. And so in heaven, according to the parable of Yahusha, there will be recognition of people who are there. This is why when people ask, are we going to recognize each other in heaven? The answer is yes. What further proves that we're going to recognize each other in heaven? First John 3 and the verses 2. Dear, dear friends, we are already God's children. Right, because we were purchased by the blood of Yahusha, we were given the spirit of Yahuwah, and so we now are the children of God. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we know, we know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. So when Yahusha appears, when he returns, there's going to be big changes in a lot of things, right? Big changes in the universe. Big changes in ourselves, in our thinking, and our bodies. Do we know exactly how this is going to pan out? No, we don't really know. But what we know is this. When Yahusha appears, we're going to be like him. So we're going to be like him, and we will see him as he really is. 
And so this tells us when we get to heaven, when we are with Yahushua, not only shall we know him, we will know him in a way that's expanded because the Bible says we will see him as he really is right now on this planet earth. Our ability to know each other is severely limited. But when we get to heaven, when we are with Yahusha, that limitation will be removed and we will see Yahusha for who he really is. And we will be like him. What does it mean that we will be like him? Let's read the book of Philippians uh, 3, 20 to 21. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Yahusha Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So when Yahushua comes, what's going to happen to our bodies? It will be changed. What kind of change? What will become of our bodies? Bible says our weak mortal bodies, which is a description of our bodies now. It's mortal, and it's also weak. Why is it weak? Because it is easily corrupted by disease, right? And the process of corruption, like aging. And so our bodies get sick, it dies. And so it's a weak, mortal body. But it will be changed. It will be like the body of Yahusha. What kind of body does Yahusha have? A glorious body. So when we are in heaven, are we going to have a body? Yeah. Is this body going to be recognizable? Yes, it will be recognizable. But the question is, when we are given this body, what age will it be? <laughs> right? For example, if you had a son and the son maybe died when he was five years old, when this person is resurrected, will the son be still five years old? Right? If you live to be 109, and if you're 109, you probably have a lot of white hair or maybe no hair, right? You have a lot of uh, wrinkles all over your body and you're very weak, right? When it's resurrected, how old will your body be? How will it look like? And so those are the questions we want to ask because if we're going to recognize someone in heaven, at what age will they be in heaven? Well, we have no idea, really, but we can speculate. For example, when we look at this passage, Philippians 3, 20 to 21, when it says he will take our weak mortal bodies, we go to our favorite website. What's our, our favorite website again? Yeah, Blue Letter Bible. And we'll look at the Greek use for weak mortal body. It's vile. The word uh, is vile in the Greek which means lowness, low state, lowest state. And so what this tells us is our physical body in its mortal state right now, the, which is composed of DNA, right? Because our human body is composed of DNA and protein and earthly matter and how it's constructed or put together is according to the instructions given by our DNA. But the DNA expression is at its lowest, lowest state. Because over the years, what happened to our genes? It, was, it mutated, it got corrupted, it got exposed to a lot of radiation. And so we are in a poor state physically. 
the DNA expression of our weak mortal bodies is not perfect. It is at the low state. It's still functional. It's still a wonderful uh, body, but it's not at the state where it should be, which is the perfected state. And so when the Bible says he will change this body of ours, which is lowness and lowest state into a glorious body, what does it mean? It comes from the Greek word uh, doxa, Greek word 1391, which means a most glorious condition, the most exalted state. When we look at the developmental stage of an individual, you start out as a baby or a zygote, embryo, fetus, baby, right? And then you grow up to become an adult and then you begin to decline. You become middle age until you become old, until you die. And so there's a peak, there's an exalted state in that developmental process, right? Is it at the zygote stage? Is that the peak? Is that the exalted state? No. Is it when you are about to die? No. Where, where is the exalted state? Probably somewhere in the middle, right? At our quote-unquote prime. And so what this suggests, what this tells me, and of course, we cannot prove this, but it tells us when we are resurrected or when our bodies are transformed, if you were 100, it'd be transformed into a body that's probably how old? Maybe 20s, right? If you were a baby, if you become a 20-year-old, if that's what is called prime. And so it will be at the develop, developmental stage that represents the most exalted stage of the developmental process. Again, this is just conjecture. But the point is, when we are resurrected, when we are changed, our body will not be like what it is now. Is that good news? You're saying yes, because our bodies are going to be changed from a weak, sickly body into a body that is glorious, like the body of Yahusha. How different will it be? Let's read Corinthians or will we still be, be able to recognize each other if our bodies change like the body of Yahushua? Corinthians 15, 48, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. It was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. They, then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles, last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time. I also saw him. And so when Yahusha resurrected, was he recognizable? Yes. People recognize him when he resurrected, perhaps not right away, but eventually they did recognize him. Perhaps there was a change somehow physically, but if, but if when, you, when they saw Yahusha, the risen Christ, they knew it was him. And so there are aspects of his physical nature that remained recognizable. And so when our bodies are going to be changed to be like the body of Yahusha, will we also be able to recognize each other? Yes, we will recognize one another. And what kind of body will that be? Let's read Corinthians 15, 49 and 50. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I'm saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. This is why the body we have now is called an earthly body, but it's going to be changed into a heavenly body, but it's still a body. Why is it a heavenly body? Corinthians 15, 52 to 53, it will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. 
For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. So the Bible is telling us when we get to heaven, we're going to have an upgrade in our physical hardware, right? The earthly body will be transformed into a body that will never die or an immortal body, a heavenly body. And so if our bodies are going to be changed, upgraded into better hardware, we can call it that. Don't you think it will come with better software, right? I mean, if our bodies are going to be changed physically into a glorious body, how about our brains? How about our minds? Do you think it will also be upgraded? Yeah. What's the proof? Corinthians 12, uh, 13 and 12. Now we see, now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So our physical body will come equipped with new software. In other words, our ability to recognize people, our ability to know each other will also be enhanced. This is why Abraham knew who the yeah, the, who Lazarus was, even though they lived in different time periods, right? Although it's a parable, the point is to show us that our hardware is going to come in an upgrade in thinking. And so when people say, are we going to know each other in heaven? The answer is yes, but we're going to know each other in a better, more complete way. Because our ability to know each other now is limited. Bible says right now, with our physical earthly body, our ability to know each other is like we're seeing through a reflection in a mirror. It's like looking through, looking at someone through a dim mirror. When we look at the reflection, for example, it's not very clear. That's now. But when we will get new bodies and new abilities to think, it will be changed. Now in our earthly bodies, our ability to know is only in part. But then when we get the new bodies, we shall know each other. What does it say? Fully, even as I am fully known. And so it's not true that when we get to heaven, we will not recognize each other. No, when we get to heaven, we will recognize each other even more. It will be fully, fully recognizable. This is why when we get to heaven, that's really when we will get to know each other to the full. Right now, we're limited, right? Because a lot of us, I mean, how, how much do you really know the other person? When you think about it, how much do you really know your spouse? I mean, if there's a person who should be someone that you know very well, even the knowledge of your spouse is limited. But then it will be fully. And that will be the case for everyone. So we will know each other there at a more... Uh, impactful level because we will know each other there not in part but fully okay all right so let's go to question number three do we still have memories of our past lives because there are those who are thinking how can we be happy in heaven if we have memories of past traumas in our life right maybe some of us uh, were abused when we were kids 
or maybe some of us, um, you know, maybe some there'll be someone who's not going to be saved, uh, who belongs to your family, right? Maybe terrible things happen to you throughout the course of your life. And so those are memories that are bad, negative, and cause a lot of pain. If we will still remember all of that when we get to heaven, and how can we have a joyful life in heaven? And so there are people who think we will forget uh, the painful memories of the past, and we will only remember the good things of the past. Now, when you think about that, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because in a way, that would be like deceiving yourself. <laughs> it's like you're practicing, you, you, you're not living with integrity. To live with integrity means to live your full whole life, right? To integrate the painful and the good in your experiences as a human being here on earth. That's what it means to live with integrity. And my question to you is, is, is God for integrity? Yeah. And so if one will say, we're going to forget memories of the past so that we can live a joyful life in heaven, then that's not living with integrity, is it? It's living a lie, right? And I don't think God's going to do that. Yahuwah God is for truth. Yahuwah God does not lie. He's not going to cause us to lie to ourselves. No, he's going to show us the truth and we'll embrace that truth. So how can we be happy if we will know and still remember the memories of past events? Because there are some who will insist that we will forget painful events and we will forget um, memories that will bring sadness in our life. And they even use scriptures to back it up. For example, Isaiah 65, 17 to 18, behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth, the former things right, will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And so Bible tells us in the new heavens and the new earth, we will not, the former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And so some conclude that Yahuwah God is going to erase our memories. But brothers and sisters, that's not what the Bible's saying. Bible's not telling us our memories are going to be removed. Our memories of past events in our life here on earth are going to be removed or erased. That's not what it says. What does it mean that we will no longer remember the former things? Well, if we will look at Isaiah 65, verse 16, we read 17 and 18. If we look at 65, 16, there's something I want you to contemplate. This is what it says. Whoever invokes a blessing in the land will do so by the God of truth. He who takes an oath in the land will swear by the God of truth. For the past troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. In many instances, Yahuwah God tells us he will forget our sins, right? I will remember your sins no more. And here, God says, for the past troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my eyes. When Yahuwah God says that the past troubles will be forgotten, that he has and he will hide it from his eyes. Does it mean that Yahuwah God is erasing that from his memory? Is that what it means? I don't think so. What then does it mean when Yahuwah God says, I will remember your sins no more? In the book of Jeremiah 31, 34, no longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, no, Yahuwah, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares Yahuwah. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. 
When Yahuwah God says, I will remember their sins no more, does it mean that Yahuwah God has removed that part in his memory? No, because we all know Yahuwah God is omniscient. He knows all things. It doesn't mean he's going to remove that part from his memory. What does it mean? It means he will forgive their wickedness. He will no longer hold that against him. So when God says, I will remember their sins no more, it doesn't mean erasing the memory. It means no longer holding them accountable for that sin because their sins have been forgiven. And so when we go back to Isaiah 65, 17 to 18, behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. When we look at this passage, does it say that our memories will be removed? No, it doesn't say the former things and the memories of former things will be removed. It just says it will no longer be remembered, nor will they come to mind. In other words, although you have memory of these past or former things, it will not be lingering in your consciousness. It will not be lingering in your present. Why? Why does Yahuwah God say that? That the memories of former things will not be at the forefront of your consciousness. If we keep reading verse 18, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. Why will people not remember the former things? Why will it not, why will it not come to mind? Because they're going to be so overwhelmed by the new situation. The joy, right? The joy that comes with Yahuwah God's new heavens and earth. So you'll be so filled with joy, you will not be able to remember. Does it mean that that part of your memory is gone? No. It's just that it doesn't bother you anymore because of the present situation. The new heavens and the new earth. It's like, for example, you're very hungry today, right? You're hungry. You had nothing to eat. And so what is in your mind? You're probably dreaming about food. And then tomorrow, you are there at Cheesecake Factory. And you're having the, the free bread. And you're having the salad and the carrot cake. You're eating your heart's delight. Are you going to be remembering the days when you were hungry? Probably not, right? You'll just be thinking about what? A carrot cake. You'll be thinking about that bread, right? Why? Because it's so overwhelming. When we get to the new heavens and the new earth, it will be such a change of everything. Our bodies will be changed. Our minds will be changed. No longer will we be bothered by the painful memories of yesterday. We'll still have the memories, but it's no longer going to be bothersome to us. Why? What kind of life are we going to have there in the new heavens and the new earth? Revelation 21, 1 to 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. Why? 
when we get to the new heavens and the new earth, when we have our new life in heaven with our glorious bodies, with our new thinking, and when we are in that new holy city, why are we no longer going to be bothered by the painful memories of the past? That's because we're going to be so immersed with the glory of Yahuwah God. You know, brethren, have you ever felt you know, sometimes when we have a lot of troubles, problems in life, and we attend worship service, and we just pour out our hearts to Yahuwah Abba, and for some reason, you feel his presence, right? And when you feel that presence, what becomes of your problems? It's like it doesn't bother you, right? You no longer are affected by it. I mean, it could be like the worst of the worst. But man, once you taste the presence of Abba, of God, all of these other things, they become insignificant, very trifle, right? And that's, our, that's the situation we have now. How much more when we are in the holy city? The Bible says, Yahuwah God, he will live with us. He will be with us. The glory that could not be accepted by Moses. We will have that. We will taste and see the glory of Abba. When you're immersed in that way of experiencing God. When you think about our situation today, all of the other things will not matter. You'll be so overwhelmed. Right now, we have no idea what that's going to be like. Because we don't have the proper hardware and software to, to digest and process that. But when we get to heaven, we are able to do that. All these little things, it will seem ridiculously trifle. Because when you feel the, the fullness of the glory of Abba, wow, can, you can only imagine how that must feel like. And so you will no longer be able to remember. The things in the past will be so insignificant, it will not come to mind. Not only that, not only will our experience in the Holy City, to be with God face to face. Not only will that be so overwhelmingly joyous, what also will be given us, which is why when it comes to memories in heaven, we will still have them. Let's take a look at Corinthians 13, 9, 12. Now, okay, now in here on earth, our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when full understanding comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly as in a cloudy mirror. But then, when we get to heaven, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. But when I will know everything completely... Just as God knows me completely. And so according to the Bible, when we get to heaven, not only will we be immersed in the glorious presence of Yahuwah God, the Bible says we will know everything completely. Our knowledge will be expanded. Can we say our knowledge will be expanded if we will forget all those memories of painful events? Doesn't make any sense, right? 
It's not a subtraction of knowledge, but an addition of knowledge. Do you see that? And when we have this augmentation, this addition, this enhancement of knowledge, what shall become of our understanding? Bible says we will now see the whole picture. You see, right now, our knowledge about everything that's happening in the world, about our past, our, our life today, the life of our kids, and everything that's happening throughout the world, the history of humanity, our knowledge is only part. When you have knowledge, part not only when you, your, your knowledge is only in part, you're going to make conclusions that are not correct. You're going to make childish conclusions. That's what the Bible says. When you have full understanding, when you have complete knowledge, our thinking will not be childish. It will be in accordance with the knowledge that we have, right? This is why things like, how can I be happy when I remember this? Or how can I be happy when this person whom I love, I will not be able to see in heaven. That kind of thinking is childish because it is the product of having incomplete information. You see, the beauty of having complete information is now all of a sudden we can see connections. We can see a lot of the whys that we are asking today in the present that does not make any sense. Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to him? Why did this happen to her? We're saying those things and we are childish about them because we don't see the whole picture yet. But once we see the whole picture, the events that we call painful, they actually had a purpose. Yeah. Like what? Here in the book of Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Everything that happens to us has a purpose. God uses what we call a painful memory or a traumatic event. He uses all that to cause all things to work together for good. We cannot comprehend that now because we have limited hardware and software. But when we get a glimpse of what all this means, then we will get to enjoy. We will now appreciate the painful moments. Because if you remove the painful moments about yourself, that's a part of your identity that you're removing. And that's not what God is all about. Jehovah God is about redeeming humanity, redeeming us. And part of redemption is taking all the painful things that happen to us, all the problems we face, and causing that to work together for good. This is why we enjoy a good movie or we enjoy a good novel, right? Will you enjoy a good novel? If there was no problem to solve, are you going to watch a movie? If everything you're going to watch, like, oh, they're all have, having fun. There's no problem. There's no, will you enjoy that? Will you watch it? You're just going to watch them eat, then go to sleep, and then have fun. Going to go to the park, to the zoo. <laughs> are you going to watch that movie? I mean, what makes a movie great? What makes a movie impactful? What makes a story impactful? It's when people, experience problems, and they overcome those problems. You see, our life, as it is unfolding, it's one story. It's Yahuwah's story. It's his story of redemption. Everything happening to us, there's a purpose for that. Even the painful events, painful memories. Right now, we don't get it. But when we get to heaven, we will understand it. And then we will appreciate it. We will appreciate 
All of these events have happened in our life. This is why we should not ask God to remove these memories. No, we're not going to say that. We're not going to wish that because all of that contributed to who we are today. And Yahuwah God continues to use that to form us, to become who he wants us to become, like his son. Look at, this, look at the son, Yahushua. You think after his resurrection, the memory of the cross is forgotten? Are we going to remove the memory of his sacrifice and pain on the cross? What do you think? I don't think so. Because when Yahushua resurrected, John 20, 25, 27, they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. You know, if a person had a choice, if a person had all these scars in his body, like wounds in his hands, and then he gets a resurrected body, right? If he had a choice, he probably will say to Abba, can you give me a perfect body without uh, the nails, without the scars? right? But you know what? That would not be a perfect body. That would be a fake body. Because a perfect body includes all of the pain and suffering, all of the scars. What makes it perfect is, if, is because of what God did through them. This is why when we embrace our true life in heaven, it will include all those painful memories and all those painful events because it's part of who we are. Just like Yahusha. When his body was resurrected, the wounds were still, the, uh, the scars were still there. In his hands, on his side, it was still visible. And even when we get to heaven, Revelation 5, 6, then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. You see the scar that Yahushua bears? that makes him look like someone who has been slaughtered. When you look at the overall scheme of things, that's perfect. It's beautiful. It's glorious. And our life too will be glorious when we integrate all the things that has happened in our life that Yahuwah caused to work together for our own good. It would not be a perfect life. It would not be a blissful and joyful life if we will erase those painful events. Because overcoming those painful events is what gives us the seeds of true joy, the seeds of a happy life, knowing that we were able to overcome all that. Yehovah God's not going to take that away because it was part of our redemption. It was part of our journey. And so what we need to do is to keep holding on and to trust Jehovah Abba. When we get to heaven, it will be perfect. It doesn't mean our bad memories will be erased. No, it will be there, but it will not bother us anymore. In fact, we will now be able to see all those events. Oh, this is why this happened. It had a purpose. And all the more we will realize Jehovah Abba is great. Jehovah Abba is in control. He knows what he's doing. We can trust him. And so brothers and sisters, let us anticipate with blissful joy what Yahuwah God is preparing for all of us. Like what Apostle Paul says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived Yahuwah God's plan. 
whatever kind of life we're going to have in heaven, it's going to be more beautiful, more glorious than we can ever imagine. Because Jehovah God's imagination is way, way better than ours. And so we can anticipate great, a great, beautiful life when we are there in the kingdom of heaven. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father. Yes. Yahuwah our God. Amen. Thank you so much. Yes. Father. Indeed, you are good and kind and loving. Amen. And we know that our hands, yes, Lord. our life are in your hands. Amen. And no matter what happens to us, yes, the good and the bad alike, you will cause to work together Amen. for our redemption. Amen. Thank you, Father. Yes, Father. Because we still have life and strength. Yes, Lord. We know what this means. Yes, Father. You have a purpose for us. Yes, Something Father. you want us to accomplish. Amen. Help us to do that. So that we can make the most of our existence. Yes, but we know, Father, after everything is said and done. Yes, after you send your begotten son. Yes, to return here on earth. We will see your glory. Yes. We will see your face. Amen. Father, we long to experience you. Yes, Father. Because even in this life, even with our present physical bodies, yes. when we feel your presence, there is joy that we cannot speak about. Yes, Father. So glorious, oh Father. Yes, Lord. We are so filled with happiness. Yes, Father. How much more when we will finally be with you. Amen. Teach us to long for that day. Yes, Father. Not because of anything material. Yes, Father. But because we will be close to you. Yes, Lord. And we will be with you at all times. Amen. Father, help us to endure. Yes. Help us to overcome yes. all the evil things in this life. Yes, Father. And at the same time, help us, Father, to share our faith, yes. especially with the people we love. Amen. Yahusha, our King. Yes. Lord. You were slain. You were slaughtered for our sake. Yes. You want to see your wounds. Yes. Lord. You died for us. Yes. Because Lord. you love us. Your scars are proof. Of your love. Yes, oh Lord. And so when we see you, we will embrace you. Yes, oh Lord. We will go to you. Yes. Worship you and thank you. Amen. Always in our life. Amen. May you allow us, oh loving Mashiach, yes, oh to be able to endure until the end. Amen. Focusing our life and our eyes of faith upon you. Yes, oh Lord. That we may be able to gain the strength to overcome all things. Amen. Father, remember your people throughout the world. Yes, oh Lord. We're all going through many tribulations. Yes. But we all know this is part of the process. Yes, you are working to redeem us, yes. to sanctify us. And in the end, when we are with you at last, yes. we will appreciate and understand yes. the meaning of everything happening in our life. Um, and so we praise you in advance. We thank you in advance. Yes. We only ask you to comfort us now, to yes. strengthen us, that we can fulfill the purpose that you intend for each and every one. Thank you for listening to our prayers. Yes. Loving Abba, continue to bless and heal your people. Yes, Lord. And help us, Father, to gain many more opportunities. Yes. Worship you and to testify of you and your son. Amen. We ask and beg everything, loving Abba, yes. in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.